Hey there, thanks for visiting the podcast of the Guelph Vineyard Church. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast using whatever platform you listen on, or visit our website at guelphvineyard.com. Here's this week's message brought to you by our pastor, Chris McQueen. Why don't we, why don't we dive in? This has already been lots of people sharing, interacting. I want some more of that, um, if we can. So I want to ask a question. And I want, uh, I want to see as much as possible responses. So if you use your hand, you can use your icon, you can go in the chat. Um, how many of you have, in the story of your life, a favorite tree, your most favorite tree ever? Anyone have a favorite tree? Something that comes to mind. See a few hands. Does anyone have a fun story involving their favorite tree that you wouldn't mind sharing? Growing up, we had um, two great big weeping willows on the farm in the yard. And uh, it was the ones that had the branches that would just grow right down to the ground and um my mom had a dress-up box all kinds of old dresses and shoes and stuff like that and we would take um one of them had a great big ribbon so we took this great big ribbon it was a couple meters long and just um gathered as many branches as we could and wrapped it um like caught it in this big ribbon and then we'd part the branches and that would be our dressing room. And we would dress and change into these dress up clothes and pop out and, and show each other sort of the clothes that we were wearing from this dress up box. But it was just, yeah, it was a fun, fun time just with this, this, uh, this tree and its branches that would just hang down. And, and I knew that she was the one for me because I saw this weeping willow on their property. And as a kid, I had a friend who had a weeping willow, and we could play Tarzan on the on the burn on the yeah. swing from thing to thing, and and so when like I recognize that I love those weeping willows. So there we go. They have tenacious um, roots as well, so you don't mm. want to plant close to your house. <laughs> yeah, it's because I actually have. Um, um, I, I, I totally Tarzaned. Uh, we had this amazing uh, a, a weeping willow that was connected to a cemetery just across the road from where I grew up. And, we, and it was on a hill. And I know in retrospect, it may not seem very respectful, but it was a great place to, for us kids to go and hang out and play. And we would grab and just swing out over the hill on this, you know, kind of holding on. I love, I love that story. Um, you know, in in um, in my my life, we where I grew up uh, in Cambridge, we had a row of trees that went all the way. To, we had a fairly large lot, larger than than we were very kind of blessed that way. And uh, and we had probably I don't know exactly how many, but let's say ten to twelve um, evergreens that kind of ran down the length of our the length of our our backyard, and and they were all very close. And they kind of, the, the one nearest the house was very tall and it was kind of get smaller and smaller as it went down to the shed. And it was, it was a good, 
it was a good distance. It, it covered off a fair a fair chunk of change. And and what we used to do is um, we would climb at one end and we would leap as kids. We would leap from one tree to the next, um, trying to never have our feet touch the ground and see if we, and we it was a little bit of a hill actually, uh, big enough that we were able to like toboggan. Um, and so we had to somehow, that was the trickiest part because you're really working against gravity there. And, uh, you know, but the tree nearest the house was my, was my favorite because what we would do in the wintertime is we would climb up and, uh, we would work, work our, it was fairly large. We'd work our way to the outside of the boughs. So we were kind of hanging on the outside and then we would use it as a, I'm not kids. This is not an idea. Okay. Um, you shouldn't do this at home. Um, but what we did is we would go to the outside of it and we were probably, I don't know, 14, 15 feet up, big enough, and slide down the outside of the boughs. It was it was snowy and there was a bunch of snow on the on the ground, but that was that was kind of our thing was to turn the tree into a slide. And um I just the the thing is that's interesting is that for a lot of people, trees factor um, into stories, into our stories in really profound ways. There are reasons why trees um, get inscribed with names. Um, you know, the heart and the names, the, you know, T loves L or whatever, you know. Um, there's a sense of permanence, isn't there? Something that something that we know has a potential to, to last, to be more than lifetime. And in a lot of ways, they factor almost as personalities, in fact, in our storytelling um, across cultures. There is this, this sense that there's almost something, um, almost a friend or a personality. Now, I'm not getting into an, you know animism or whatever. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about here. But there is... They hold a certain pocket in our stories and our imaginations, and certainly as a culture, if not as individuals. Um, and, and it's interesting because the, scripture, the scriptures also pay, they, 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 they put a lot of weight, a lot of weight on, the, on trees. They carry something. There's a reason we're going here, by the way. This isn't just kind of... Um, this is not about, um, you, like, you know, that at the end of the day, we're not talking about trees, right? Um, <clears throat> although it's okay if we do, because they actually are really important to, they're important to pretty much everything. But anyway, um, so another I have a favorite tree too. Oh, please tell. Yes. <laughs> it's on Watson Road, not too far from my house. It's a majestic elm tree. Now, we probably all know, or maybe we don't, that elms were almost devastated in this country by the Dutch elm disease. And, and none, uh, almost none were left. Except for this majestic tree, it, it, it still stands there. And, and when I drive past it, I always think, oh, Lord, how beautiful, how, how wonderful. It's a, it's a beautiful tree. And it just uh, brings my, to mind that 
no matter what the storms of life, this um, this tree stands, and and no matter what diseases come our way, this tree stands. And and so, to me, it's 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 just uh, um, it's just a um, um, a sign of of God saying, "Yes, I'm with you through every storm, through everything." that happens, I'm there with you. And mm. so that's that's really my favorite tree. <laughs> Thank you, Rana. I I love that story. That's that's perfect. It, it because it, it this is this is actually um uh, trees are there's something in again the wisdom of scripture is is you know the scripture's wise, right? Not just wise in the on the outsides, the, the the things that we see on the surface, but there is a deep wisdom that lives in the scriptures, and um, and so we're gonna just reflect on that a little bit in in a in a moment. Um, but there are a couple things as I was digging into this um, that I think are are pertinent. Right, because there are things that we intuit, or that the scriptures in, in, um, in the wisdom of God and um, just are intuited and, and revealed there. So, it's not going to surprise anybody that the living, the longest living organism currently alive is is a tree. Right? Does any does that surprise anybody that the oldest thing that is alive today? Um, is is a tree. Now, um, does anyone? Uh, and we're not looking for guesses here. Um, does anyone know um, how how old the oldest tree is? Yeah, I didn't. Five. I, th- oh yeah, go LJ. What do you got? Um, Ten thousand years old. Actually. So it's actually 5,000. It's, it's based in California. It's 10,000 years old, and it's a skinny, was it a spruce, Elizabeth? Maybe. In, like, Norway or somewhere up there. Okay. All right. Well, we, read I'm, we read that in our tree book. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it to you. I saw, I saw California. I saw 5,000, but we'll go with 10,000. That's even more impressive. Um. So either way, we're talking about, if you take either of these things, we are talking about, for real, um, a living organism that saw the first light of day before the pyramids were built. Okay? We're talking, I mean, is, we're, we're talking about um, living organisms that bear witness to the entire, to basically recorded history. As far as it, as far as it's, I mean, we're we're stretching that one, but but this is significant, right? Um, depending on how you how you factor this, um, there's a certain breed of aspen tree that does actually it it, it clones it literally it, it it creates clones of itself, which sounds really weird and like super sci-fi, but this this happens, and so if you talk about DNA identical, you know, kind of sustained life then this cluster of aspen uh, there's one in particular it would be more along the lines of of 
80,000 years of replication and self-replication. And, and there's a, if you look at it, that, that would be an organ. So that, then we really are getting into the human story. So these, these things, they, they spread um, and encompass our stories in unique ways because they've actually borne witness in one sense or another, not, you know. Um, and, and interestingly as well, um, you know, there are some factors. You look at what this kind of organism does on our planet. This is, and I know this sounds like a science lesson. This sounds like an environmentalist thing. It's not really. Um, but if you were to monetize what trees do, if you were to look at what they do for us, the services that they provide, the life that is dependent on them, and you were to monetize it, some estimates put that number, that figure, at between 50 to $150 trillion. And so if we look at that top number, which, you know, and I, you know, we're, we're just going to kind of go on trust, but that, that's a significant, that's twice, that's actually twice the global economy. Um, that's just kind of woven and sewn into the creation of God. This sustenance, this literally life-giving organism, right? How, how amazing is that? And so if you ever are, you know, we wrestling with, with you know with some there's there are some things in scripture that might cause us to um to wrestle to uh we've got peter who's verified by the way the uh 9550 year old tree uh called tico in norway clonal spruce okay there you go all right um amazing so it shouldn't really surprise us that the wisdom of the scriptures bookend with, with this thing called the tree of life, right? In the second chapter, so essentially the very first thing, time we get into any details of, of what has been made, And it says, now the Lord, yeah, there it is. It's chapter two, verse eight. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden. And there he put man, he put the man that he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so we have right at the beginning of the story, this, this, this garden, which is actually, if you look at this closely, is actually a forest. It's a garden of trees. And make no mistake, we're talking about fruitfulness here. We're talking about sustenance here. I mean, this, is, this should be, this should be um, familiar in terms of where we've been living in our reflections for the past like half a year almost at this point. And of course... Of course, this factors so significantly in the drama of our story too, right? Because in it, there's this, there's this um, uh, 
in in these two trees, we have this invitation to a decision. Will we follow or will we not follow? Will we listen? Will we not listen? Right? And of course, this is where we have this tragic moment of of severing, right? Where and you know the story where we collectively in in Adam and Eve, we have this collective fall from grace, right? The 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 breaking of of relationship the banishment from the garden from again if you look at this i mean i'm sure there's more but it was a garden of trees we're talking about this forest and and of course you know eden um the being banned from eden is a thing being exiled but make no mistake the the most proximate the, the the at the center of this thing is the tree of life and this is, and, and, the, and the tree of good and evil represents death, right? If you eat from this, you will surely die. And, and so we have a contrast and there's a cutting off that takes place, right? And so this factor is large, really large. And then, of course, we talk an awful lot for good reasons about the end of the book, about the end of the story and about the city, right? About the new creation, the city of God, the new Jerusalem that comes down. And we've talked about this, this, this um, uh, the city of gargantuan um, uh, dimensions and proportion. And it's just, it's wild. And, and the, the, the metaphor and the power of the imagery is so significant. But the very last chapter, it talks about this river of life, and it's flowing through the city and it's and it, there are 12 crops of fruit yielding fruit every month there's there's a fruitfulness that is that is ongoing and where that's coming from where that's coming from is from a tree of life a tree of life that somehow straddles the river of life because it's on both sides of the river of life and so we we see the tree of life and and if it bears any, it doesn't really talk about dimensions here, but there's this sense of it being absolutely massive, right? This is, this is almost the maturing, and I'm reading into things here. But there's something that has taken place. There's a circling back that happens here. This is significant, and it's connected to life. It's connected to abundant life right where there's an ongoing fruitfulness where there's a where there's a tether to um to being sustained right and again this pulls us right back into where we were living for a time there with the woman at the well and jesus saying look if you knew who was talking to you you'd be asking me for water because i can hook you up forever and you know there are other references but i do want to just point out one more thing from scripture, you know, the Psalms is, is the songbook of the people of God and has been for millennia, thousands of years. That's the kind of language we use when we talk about what's written in the Psalms. And as any good author will tell you, and I, I'm Nikki, we've had this conversation before, where, what you put at the beginning of a book is really important, right? And Psalm, the book of Psalms, whoever compiled this knew this. And right at the beginning is this, is this tree 
The righteous person is like a tree planted by streams of water, and that tree bears its fruit, yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, and everything the righteous person does. There's, a, there's this prospering, there's a flourishing. And that's, that's woven, that's part, that is the first image that we see. And so we have, and that's, that's basically the middle of, that's the middle of the story. So we have these anchoring points, right? And they reference this tree of life. And of course, and we're not going to linger too hard here, but I just, I would be remiss in this if we did not also remember the scripture. There are passages that refer to the cross as a tree, right? That in the, at the very apex, at the culmination of, of the adventure, however you want to frame this, the, um, this is this is the moment where the impossible thing happens, right? The agent of of death in this case is also referred to as cross as as a tree. And it's not a mistake. That's not a mistake. So we have we have this factoring in. Why do I spend all this time? Um, you know, as as we know, we've been in the. We've been in this journey now um, in the new year of looking at what do we need? What does it mean to flourish? Where, where are we going as a community? What's next? Um, and when we talk about, when we ask the question, what do we need? What are we talking about? What do we have in mind? What do we, what do we, what do we need for, well, for what? That we have to establish what it is that we are aiming for if we are to answer the question, what do we need? Because what we're not asking is, what do you, what's your bare minimum for survival? We're not interested in that question. I'm not interested in it at all. Um, and so as that conversation has been happening, kind of concurrently with that, um, or sort of alongside in some way, has there's been a really kind of beautiful metaphor that's been emerging actually for Brady. So um, some time ago, Brady reached out. And he said, "I had this, I have this thing I'm working on that just really feels like it might might be pertinent, and uh, and it actually centers around and it kind of narrates a lot of the things that we've been talking about through this image of a tree and what what constitutes a tree, what what establishes and 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 nourishes and and the the pattern of growth and the and the fruitful all of these different things and so um i just felt like that is so deeply resonant and so over the next over the next number of weeks we haven't quite we're gonna um <clears throat> let me just digress for one second i'm gonna dig into a metaphor here so there are uh there are two ways to go through a forest. Do you, I, love, I love walking in forest, by the way. And there are two ways to do it. One is to have a very safe pathway that's been clearly marked through there. And that's the sort of place where we've all been before. Others have been there. They've clearly marked off where you go. And it's like you're in for a stroll, right? There's that kind of walk through a forest. Well, I want to be really, really honest. We are in uncharted territory. Not that we have to make everything up again necessarily, but but uh, as far as maps go, 
Um, any leader that I'm talking to anywhere in any context right now is all floundering for maps, right? We're, we're kind of off, we're off map. We're navigating by a different set of tools. And so in this series, um, as we go into kind of unpacking some this image, read this metaphor and, and seeing what kind of conversations can emerge from it, it's going to be like a walk in the forest, but it's, it's going to be like, we're going to be tracking together. Right, it's a bit of a wild forest, and so um, I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, I don't mind getting lost in the woods, particularly if I have a compass, or even better if I have a phone. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I think we're not going into danger zone, but we're just going to feel this thing out and sort of see how it goes. But we're Brady and I. So next week, Brady's going to be sharing and kind of introducing some of this big picture stuff, and then he and I are going to take time and kind of unpack this together with us as a collective. And and there will be a number of specific conversations that we're going to have. And we'll literally, uh, I imagine a couple of times at least, be breaking off into smaller groups in breakout rooms via Zoom. Unless, of course, we get to meet in person before long. But who knows when that's going to happen. But um, having real conversations and really discovering together. Because that that's what we're in for, right? This whole season, as I said right at the beginning, um, we don't have predetermined outcomes here. Um, this is not one of those exercises where the pastor or the leader kind of knows where we, you know, sometimes they do um, know where I want us to all land. And you're just kind of trying to get people to buy in along the way and self-discovery. But it's like, I know this, this is not like that. This is like, a, this is like we're kind of in some unfamiliar ter- territory here. And, um, and so there, this is co-discovery, we're co-creating, we're mapping, we're literally cartographers, actually, map makers together, figuring this thing out. And, um, and I just thought, as Brady was sharing, it was like, you know, this just feels like a really beautiful opportunity to, at setting that, this up, to really just reflect on, on how beautiful this metaphor is and how deeply resonant it, how resonant it is through scripture. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, um, yeah. Hmm. And I'm, I just, I'm looking at my notes here. I'm going to finish with this. I forgot that I wrote this this morning. What I see in the journey for us right now is mapping out what our flourishing looks like, getting a sense of it, getting language for it. That's going to help us give shape to what maturity looks like, what the Lord is doing in us, growing in us talk about these elm trees and these elm trees you know what's coming to me right now is I mean they've survived the ones that we talked about this morning Um, Ryan is in particular but this idea of the long faithfulness answering the question what does it look like to be faithful in the law to remain standing that's that's what 
This is what the maturity journey is. What does this look like for us? To remain standing and faithful. Mapping out what sustenance means and looks like. And understanding the need. Our needs, right? All of this stuff is very, I mean, it bleeds. It's not all, you don't neatly separate it. Um, Alex, I saw your hand. I want to hear what you have to say. You know, uh, I've been camping on the two trees uh, for a long time. There's the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And obviously the tree of life is Jesus. And I find myself every morning looking at myself introspectively asking, what tree am I eating from? So it's not just a cartographer uh, to help us look outward to map out where we're going. It's also to map out where we need to go internally, Hmm. to let go of the judgments, to let go of right and wrong, and to embrace grace, to embrace Christ in others. It's a powerful analogy. Expectations live in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Longing lives in the tree of life. And those two, just those two alone are are just Hmm. powerful daily reminders of how the tree of life gives you life. Hmm. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil brings you literally to bitterness and death. So uh, to me, this is this is living analogy that will work. It's wonderful. Love, love. Thank you, Alex. I love that. And that is just, yeah, this is, this is where we're, this is where we're going. And what I'm really excited about I and because this is just we I've been seeing more and more of this. There's there's sparks of we're, we're and I think we're gonna this co-discovery thing, hearing one another. Oh, I'm really eager. I'm eager for more moments like that. Um, and by the way, that's probably that's probably a book, Alex. I'm just saying. There's, I mean, it may have been written, but there, it feels like there's a book living there. <laughs> um, that that book was written i read this book about the tree of life and tree of knowledge of good and evil about 25 years ago and god brought that analogy back when he his presence showed up here hmm. and it's never left me i have i have trees everywhere in my workshop i have a tree of life because it is literally a living analogy Love it's it. wonderful i'm so thrilled about this love it Love it. Um, well, hey, I'm just looking uh, looking at, at kind of the time here. Not that we're confined by that. But um, um, before we switch off the live stream up to Facebook or whatever, I just wanted to... Um, Brady, do you want to kind of bookend this thing with, with a, just... A, yeah, I'd love for you to, love for you to do that. Uh, yeah, so not so much on the tree thing right now, but just... Um we had a really great response from people praying for each other, which is really thrilling. And I did put a comment in to everyone uh, 
I think what we'll, we'll do is we'll just go for the month of January, which is a couple of weeks, and then we'll we'll do a switcheroo in uh, Feb, assuming that people still have some gas in the tank for this, and then again in March, and we'll just see how far this goes. Uh, I I actually would. I think it would be really cool if we reach out to each other and say, hey, what is that need that is alive for you right now? Um, whether that's a weekly or, you know, that's for the end till the end of Jan. These are the things I would love you to pray for me for. Mm. So share that. And then it is possible. It's completely up to you whether you want to touch base with that person and say, ah, I had a word for you or just want to encourage you. Or as I was praying, here's a thought that came to me. Um, that could really make this uh, come to life. And uh, I mean, whoever's my partner, if you want to drop me off a really dark chocolate bar or something like that, really, that's fine too. Uh, but let's, let's, uh, this is an opportunity to relate to each other in the midst of a time where relationship is a little bit impaired, right? So I think that's uh, a lovely opportunity to see you play this how you want to play it. But uh, let's, let's see what it does. Chris, back to you. Love that. Well, I'm going to pray and then I'll and then I'll end off the live feed at least. So, um, it's not surprising that your spirit is moving, but it is so encouraging that your spirit is moving. And we ask, Lord, that you would just that you would continue to speak and to lead. Lord, we ask in this time of commitment to pray for one another, we ask, we do ask for, for words. Um, we thank you that you hear our prayers. And I'm just going to say this. I, th I think that we're in, I think that we've, that there's some good soil and so let our prayers be like super seeds in super soil. Um, it's okay to pray for supernatural occasionally, and that's kind of where I'm leading with the super word. I don't love the super word, but but there's this. I think that there's a grace. I I'm perceiving that, and so God, we just receive. We do. We receive that grace. We ask that you would um, plant good seed into good soil and bring good rain in good climate and lord that there would be shoots up shoots of this tree of life and it wouldn't surprise me at all if that aspen thing that cloning thing actually has some some resonance here that you would actually bring up in our lives the dna of that tree of life that that would shoot up into our lives, up into our thinking, our dreaming, our anticipating, our believing. Let that tree of life flourish in us, we pray, Jesus. Amen.